broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back with you for the next three hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Got my man, DeMond Cotton, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, and as mentioned, ready to rock with you for the next three hours. Got plenty to get to on today's show. Excited about it as I am each and every day, and of course, only being my second day back from vacation. Feels like, you know, just got right back on that bike and riding it, right? Like, never missed a beat. So, uh, glad to be back with you. Of course, love to interact with you as well throughout the course of the show. 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187 keyword R&R. Today on the show, we'll have Lotus Summer of Fun. We'll continue to get folks qualified to be qualified. We're going to get you one step closer to a five-day Maui vacation. And believe me, going to Maui for five days would be fantastic. Get away from wherever you're at. Get away from Vegas. Get away from whatever's going on, your job, and just go and have a good time in Maui. As a guy who just came back from Maui, fantastic. So we're going through giving a bunch of different vacations away throughout the course of summer. Each and every week, the morning tailgate is actually going to announce on, I believe, on Monday exactly what uh, what what vacation they'll be giving out or will be giving out the next week. So this week it is the Maui vacation along with $1,500 cash. But if you decide that, you know, Maui and $1,500 is not what you want, you could decide take the trip or take the cash. And if you take the cash, you could take $3,000 in cold, hard cash home with you. So Lotus Summer Fun is going on. We're doing that throughout the course of the the whole summer. We're doing it, uh, you know, company-wide, Lotus company-wide. And so I think that's a really good, nice little incentive to, to have you rocking with us throughout the course of the summer and help families get away uh, that listen to the Lotus Broadcasting family. So we got that coming up in the show. And we also got some really good guests coming up on the show as well, including uh, Vinny Bonsignor, a good friend from the RJ, and, of course, the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920. Each and every Thursday, we usually have him on the show around 2.30, so we'll have him on the show today, 2.30, talking all things silver and black, as we always do. Then at uh, 3 o'clock, instead of having a guest there, uh, there was some sound that DeMond, I know, played last week while I was on vacation from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels, who was on the 33rd team uh, and talking to Rich Gannon, former Raider quarterback MVP Rich Gannon, and they had a nice little one-on-one. I know he played some sound, but I didn't get to chime in on it and really get to break it down and listen to it and speak on it. So at 3 o'clock, we're going to hear a couple sound bites, just a handful of sound bites from Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Silver and Black, when he was on with uh, Rich Gannon on 33rdteam.com. And I I tell you, every time we have anyone on from the 33rdteam.com or – we reference anything that they have going on. I always want to compliment them because I think that they do a tremendous job and uh, just I really enjoy their work. So I was not surprised at all. I was actually on vacation. It's funny. I was on vacation. I was in Hawaii, and all of a sudden I get a direct message on Twitter. And like I said, I was only checking Twitter every once in a while and sending out some tweets from different you know locations that we were at and things that we were doing. And it was from the 33rdteam.com, and they're like, hey, just want you to know that we got this. Thought they'd be interesting to you. And I was like, yeah, it absolutely is. So, I mean, that's, that's good looking out. They know 
uh, they know exactly where their audience is at, depending on what the subject is. And so I love the fact that they reached out to not only me, but also Radio Nation Radio 920 and made sure that we were aware of that conversation with Rich Gannon. And so, like I said, I know Damon uh, had an opportunity to talk about it last week. Well, I'm going to uh, have that opportunity coming up at 3 o'clock. Then we'll have Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day coming up at 3.30. And as we talked about in pretty good detail on yesterday's show, suspensions are already rolling out in the NFL for guys that got busted with gambling. Not only that, but there's also, this is kind of suspension time, right? The time right now, between now and the start of training camp, is when you start to find out about suspensions about all kind of different situations. The gambling situations are the ones that are going to come with the real hefty suspension, like the year-long suspension, and there's been some of those rolled out already today that we'll get to at a certain point. But also, a guy like Cam Robinson, you know, the offensive lineman from the Jaguars, he got suspended four games for PEDs. So that came out today. So there's plenty of news and notes going on, even though you look at the calendar, you're like, yeah, Q, it's June 29th. There's not a whole lot going on. Oh, no, there is. There's plenty of signings going on. There's a former Raiders safety that's getting a lot of interest around the league right now from different teams. Maybe the Raiders are one of them. We'll talk about all that coming up at 3.30 for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. Then, at 4.10, I mentioned the suspensions that are going on in gambling with the NFL, and we talked about it in great detail on yesterday's show. And really, I'm very not – I'm not very sure of what all the rules are when it comes to what these guys can gamble on and what they can't. And bottom line, I just say that, hey, if you're an NFL player, just don't gamble on anything, right? Don't have the app on your phone. Don't do any. Don't even take a chance because right now the rules are so vague that there's, there's so many things that can happen that you just don't know uh, if you're violating a rule. And I, I used the example yesterday. I was just walking through a casino door, and there happens to be a sports book right there. So did I walk in a casino or did I walk in a sports book? Well, Joe, Joe Fortenbaugh, really good guy from ESPN, also Daily Wager. Uh, he's here in Las Vegas as well. He's going to join us right after Daily Wager. He's off at 4 p.m. Pacific time on Daily Wager. He's going to hop on with us at 410 and kind of explain the gambling rules, talk about the suspensions, how the NFL can kind of tighten them up a little bit so there's more clarity. We'll do that at 410 with Joe Fortenbaugh, good friend of the show. Can't wait to have him on the show. And at 430, Michelle Smallman, she'll join us. She's also from ESPN. She does Sirius XM Radio. And no joke, I did a radio show with her last night on ESPN National. We had never done a show together, so we first met each other last night on the radio doing Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. It's great, right? So we're going through the show. Everything is going well. We get alerted to what's going on in Oakland with the Yankees and the A's, probably around the seventh inning. I think I had already noticed that there was a perfect game rolling around the sixth inning, but, of course, against baseball rules, you're not allowed to say anything. You know, at least if you're at the game, you can't say, hey, there's a perfect game going. Well, as I'm at the, at the house, I'm doing this show, and I look up at the TV and I see the highlights and see the Yankees are spanking the A's, I realize, wow, there's no hits up there for the A's. But I didn't say it out loud, and I didn't say it on the show. So I left it alone. Later on in the show, we get to about the eighth inning, and also we realize, like, hey, man, this guy's got an opportunity to not only throw a no-hitter, but a perfect game. So then we had to come back and talk about it, Damon. This is the funny thing. They, they were like, we got to talk about it on the air. And I was like, yeah, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it, right? They got some magic going on. And, again, I'm not at the game. So technically I could say, hey, this guy's got a perfect game going. This could be awesome uh, for the Yankees, this, that, and the other. I could do that. But I'm so baseball superstitious, and I know that some people are like, oh, that's silly. That's fine. As a matter of fact, our producer, Tara, she was like, oh, that's silly. You guys could talk about it. And we're like, both of us said, nah. <laughs> nah, we ain't doing that. We're not talking about it. So I had to, and it's, it's bad because I was leading the show at that point. I had to come in and say, well, in Oakland, 
24 batters have come to the plate, and 24 have been retired. So you do the math, right? And so that's, that's basically how we kept tiptoeing around what was going on. As, so this is happening and unfolding while we're on the air live. And this is what I live for, is moments like that where something magical is happening while you're on the radio and you can actually narrate it, talk about it, react to it in real life. Like, that's, that's what I live for. That's, that's my, you know, when they say, what's that movie uh, with, um, with uh, Will Ferrell? Where it's like the Catalina Wine Fest. Yeah, Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's my Catalina Wine Fest, right? I want to have that moment where something awesome is happening on, in the world of sports, and I'm on the radio to talk about it. So this is going on, and we're tiptoeing around it. We're talking about it. Lo and behold, obviously it happens, right? We know that he throws the perfect game. That's great. So I thought, all right, that's going to carry us for the next you know, two segments. We'll talk about it. 24th you know, um, perfect game in Major League Baseball history. That's great. That's awesome. So we get to a part of the show where we actually want to hear from Domingo Herman, and he was on the Yes Network, and so the sideline reporter interviewed him. Well, he's from the Dominican Republic. He doesn't speak English. So she's asking questions in English to his translator. The translator is spitting it back to him so he understands it. He's spitting it back to the translator, and then the translator is spitting it back to her in, in English. So it's kind of a long situation, and it ended up being like a four-and-a-half-minute interview. And at first I thought, man, I don't know if this is good radio because it's in, you know, it's, it's, half of us don't understand what he's saying when he's not speaking English. And so I'm thinking, I was kind of questioning it at first, and then she came to a question about, uh, like, when did you start thinking about it or whatever. I don't know the exact question, but the, it came out that he had just lost his uncle like a day before. Literally just lost his uncle and was crying all day long. And then all of a sudden, you know, like he goes out there and he pitches this perfect game and he does it for his uncle. And, like, that made the, the massive moment that much bigger. That not only did this dude who actually wasn't that great of a pitcher, he came into the game with like a five-something ERA. He had just given up ten runs in the last game he went out. So he's not that great and was going through a, 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 a trials and tribulations type situation, pitches his perfect game, only the fourth in Yankees history, 24th in Major League Baseball history, which is incredible, and he's also dealing with the death of his uncle on his brain. And again, it was something that had him crying all day long the day before. He was crying in the clubhouse, and then all of a sudden sucked it up and went out there for nine strong innings. 27 up, 27 down. And so that, to me, all of a sudden became the subject of, wow, that's what sports can do for you. That's what this great thing that we talk about, sports all the time, does for everyone. It brings people together. It helps people get over things going on in their life that could be, you know, really hard to deal with, right? And then it's – so it it turned into a hell of a conversation. And I'll tell you, when the show was over at 10 o'clock Pacific time, I got up and I still had a podcast to knock out, but that's fine, whatever. I got up and I was so juiced, like I could have – I could have gone like four more hours because I was so pumped about this situation because it meant so much. But it just makes you realize that sometimes you never know what's going on in someone's mind. And, and sometimes you'll see like an amazing performance in something and then all of a sudden find the backstory later and realize that, man, there was actually more to that story than just a guy going out and pitching a hell of a game. It was pretty awesome, man. So I'm excited. Michelle Smallman is going to join us at 430, and she's going to talk about that. She's huge in baseball anyway, but – that is a moment right there, and that's actually one of the subjects that we'll talk about today on the show. But, I mean, that's something that sports does for us, Devon. I mean, even, even this show, 
right? I could be having a terrible day, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we got three hours. We're about to have a hell of a day. It's going to be mm-hmm. fantastic, and I don't care what's going on. I might be getting ready to get evicted out of my house. I'm not, but I might, right? And, and I'm good for the next three hours. I'll figure it out afterwards, but for the next three hours, I'm in a good mood because this show is all that matters, and it takes me to that place where nothing else matters outside of it. Yeah, like you say, you mentioned going to that place for you, but for me, it's also the fact of giving where it's like for three hours, we, we get to make somebody's day. And that also means a lot to me. I mean, that same experience that the fan has, maybe watching that perfect game, of, yeah. oh, man, this is awesome. I love it when people, you know, DM me, like, oh, that was a great show, or, right. oh, how much the show means. Like, oh, man, if I can make your day for three hours, that means the world to me. Right. I mean, exactly. Think about the show that we did, uh, you know, for the, for the veterans, mm-hmm. right? When we saluted to, there was a salute to service, and we did basically the whole show was all, you know, the salute to service. It was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it was something I was super excited about, super proud about. How much feedback did we receive? Like, man, you guys don't have any idea what that meant. And honestly, I can't tell you that I do know what it means because I don't. But by reaction from people that, you know, the, the you know, obviously military and, and our veterans or have lost someone or whatever, that obviously meant a lot. And so that to me was like, yep, all right, that's that's perfect. That's what we're here for. And that's some, that's what this is about. And that's what this show, for me, this is what this show represents. It's not only just for you to get all the information on the Raiders. It's not for you just to get the information on sports. It's also to get you away from whatever the hell you got going on in your life and you want to get to a safe place where you're going to have a good time. We might argue. We might fight. We might laugh. Whatever the case may be, but we're all going to do it together, and we're going to do it right here. That's what it means to me. That's what this show means to me, and anytime I'm on the radio, that's what it means to me. Yeah, it's just that great feeling, like you said. Also, the people, I love it when someone calls in from work. Those are my favorite calls. When someone says, I just had to get away from work real quick. But, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to get my two cents on whatever today's topic was. It's like, right. yeah, man, that, just like that escapism of – even if work, that, that eight-hour day, I just wanted to talk to you and DeMond for a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> right. There's no doubt. So Michelle Smallman, ESPN, Sirius XM Radio. She does fantastic work. She'll join us at 430. So those are the guests that we have coming up. As you can tell, I'm super pumped up and fired up about the show. Vinny Bossignor at 230. Joe Fortenbaugh at 410. Michelle Smallman at 430. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. And before I get into and throw out a couple subjects that I wanted to talk about on today's show, we got a text already on our don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187 keyword r from our good friend Sir Whiskey Ray Q. We were a big part of yesterday's perfect game in Oakland last night. On the real, it was our energy that did the magic versus the A's. Sincerely, the 1,500 fans and possum at the Oakland Coliseum. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. And you know what? I'll tell you, man, at some point throughout the course of the the game, especially when you heard that final out, you heard all those fans cheering. And, you know, even as an A's fan, at some point when you see something like that happening, and I don't care if it's against your team or not, at some point you just have to say, you know what, the hell with it. I want this guy to complete this because this is something that you don't see very often. So actually, you know what? I, I know my team's about to take a nail. I'm all right with it. Go ahead, Domingo Herman. Go ahead and go throw that perfect game. And so when he did that, I was I was super pumped up. And you can hear all the fans that were cheering for that performance. Well, Q, I actually just want to play it because yeah. it's one of those things. I'm surprised when you hear this, you're surprised that it was an away game for the Yankees. Well, remember, there's a lot of Yankee fans. And also yeah. the fact that, again, it's something that you don't see very often. But, yeah, play the highlight, man, because, again, it, it kind of raises a little bit of hair on your arms. 
And Herman, the righty, deals to the plate. Swung on, ground ball to third. Donaldson's up with it. He throws to first. Domingo Herman has pitched a perfect game. For the fourth time in the history of the New York Yankees, perfection attained. Herman being mobbed at home plate by a full Yankee dugout coming out to congratulate the 30-year-old from the Dominican Republic on a chilly night in Oakland, California. Domingo Herman has tossed the 24th perfect game in Major League history. Awesome. Awesome stuff right there. It really was. And again, that, that call and that sound and, and knowing that it's so rare that that happens 24 times in the history of Major League Baseball. I was so glad to be a part of that. And I wasn't a part of it, but just being on the radio to be able to talk about it while it was happening, I thought was incredible. Now, so thank you so much for that text, Sir Whiskey Ray. We definitely appreciate you. Now, with all that being said, the couple questions that I wanted to throw out there, the topics that I had for today's show, has there been a moment for you that sports or Raiders football, or any other kind of sporting event has helped you get through a really tough time. Let's, let's put our honesty hats on, right? Because I know that we all deal with them. I'll, I'll say this, and I've, I've shared this message before on this show. When the pandemic was going on and it first started, I was at ESPN Central Texas, and you know the only people that were really working were essential, and I say that in air quotes, essential workers. And I remember talking to my dad on the phone, and I said, well, I haven't stopped working. Apparently, we're essential. And I took it for granted. I'll be the first to admit it. I took it for granted. I just thought we were going and doing a radio show. Look, there was no sports going on, Damon, as you know. There was nothing. I mean, we were talking about, we were talking about silly stuff. Like, we were doing X games outside of the radio station. We're throwing the football over the roof of the, the building. You know, we're talking about how my co-host don't have a good arm or he's weak or whatever. We're doing the push-up challenge or the sit-up challenge that T.O. did. We actually got T.O. on the radio talking about the sit-up challenge because we went out front and we did it and we tweeted it out and tagged him. And he was like, hey, that's good, man. Good for him. Keep it up. So I was like, well, come on the radio and talk about it. He's like, all right, I ain't got nothing else to do. So he did. So it's like we were coming up with things to talk about. We were talking to high school coaches. We were talking to college coaches. What do you do? We were talking to athletes. What are you doing to stay in shape right now? So, I mean, we found creative ways to talk about sports topics without there being a game at all. Matter of fact, the, what we talked about mostly was the damn last dance. Right. I mean, it was the last yes. dance. The last dance saved a, lot, saved a lot of people's careers. But anyway. With all that being said, I told my dad that I said, like, yeah, I guess we're essential workers because we still haven't stopped working. And so we're still going to the station every day. And he's like, you are. You're absolutely essential. Do you understand how many people tune into you to get away from that? And when he said that, it just hit like, oh, damn, you're right. Right. And people would call in and say, man, I, this pandemic stuff, because nobody knew it was such a, you know, it was so unever heard of. So they're like, man. Thank you for your show because it just gets my mind away from this stupidness. Like, I don't know nothing about no vaccines. I don't know nothing about this. I don't know about that. Really don't care. But I just want to go here and there, and I can't do this and that, and this sucks, and so-and-so has it. Now I can't go over to their house. My, my daughter's having a baby, and I can't go to see it. You know, just everything was going on. But for three hours, they were able to tune in. It was like, just get away. Just clear their mind. So that was one of the most recent moments for me. You know, I have plenty of them. I could go on for the whole three hours of the show and tell you about different moments in my life. But that was one that stands out to me that I realized that, hey, this is bigger than just us talking about, oh, what Baylor did or what this high school football team did or what the Cowboys are going to do this year or, or this, that, and the other. So that was big. So that's the first question I have. Has there been a moment for you that a sports game, 
Raiders football, whatever the case may be, sporting event that you were a part of even that helped you get through a really tough time. I, I go back to, you know, the tragedy we had at 9-11. Remember when everyone returned to play in sports after 9-11? And remember how the whole country had everyone's back? Like, it didn't matter what you looked like, where you came from. Didn't matter, you know, it didn't matter what you believe, what, like, what your politics were. None of that mattered. Only thing that mattered is we all saluted the USA, right? And I remember in my mind right now, like it was yesterday, I remember the image of John Gruden holding the American flag up while the national anthem was playing, right? And, and, and there's tears flowing all over the place, and he's got that flag up in his hand. Like, I remember that like it was yesterday. It clearly wasn't, right? That was a long time ago. But I remember it because it's one of those things that everybody came together. Nobody cared about all the BS that we fight and, and being moan about now. Nobody cared. Everyone's like, you know what? You're an American. I'm an American. Damn it, let's come together. Right? And that's what it was. So that's another moment that sports brought everybody together and helped just get them over what they were going through. And a lot of that, you know, I mean, so many people lost their lives, man. That was huge. So that's a couple of examples that I have. But I want to hear from you. Like I said, I could do this all day. 69187, keyword R&R, 702 Let me know about a sports moment, Raiders football, whatever it is that helped you get away from something or even get over something that might have been going on in your life. And, uh, Demond, you know what? We'll go ahead and start with you, man. What, what do you got? I'm sure there's something that you got cooking. Yeah, when you mentioned 9-11, for me, 1 October, we all know the tragedy yeah. that happened yep. here in Vegas. But that next week, that following Saturday, me being on the me being on the call of the broadcast doing play-by-play for the college of the UNLV game, that was like the next big sporting event that was there. You know, a lot of people out at Sam Boyd, they were playing San Diego State. So for me, it's like, hey, man, this is like a very big mo- big moment yeah. to have, be on the call for this. I mean, there was literally a police officer, you know, gun-toted because we were like the perch that we had. Yeah. And he's like two two or three, you know, like 10 feet away from me where it's like, man, they like security's revamped. It just felt like a very big game. You know, the, the American flag rollout that they yeah. had, you know, before the game. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a special moment because just a week ago, everyone in this city, not even just, I mean, it was yeah. still there. Everybody's scared. That's why they, they increased police presence because no one knew what was going to happen there. Right. But it just felt good just to, hey, man. I'm I'm honored to be on the call for this game right now. No doubt, I could man, I could I could totally see that one. That's a great one. And then I mean, I don't even know how I skipped over the Golden Knights, right? They just won the Stanley Cup final. And you know what they mean to the city after one October and how everything went down. So uh, they, I mean, that's that's the reason why uh, the city is, is is you know loves them so much is because mm-hmm. they reached out to the community. What did they do? They helped get people's mind off the tragedy that had happened. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, just being in Vegas that time where that was, like, the real moment of, man, sports are so important. Sports are so powerful. When you mention your father telling you, hey, you guys are essential, like, anybody who can just have that moment, a game or two, to just say, man, this is incredible. That's why the parade, the parade was so great. That's another moment for me. It was just, you know, just meaning something for me. It was just, man, this parade is so awesome. I remember working the show of being a talent handler for the the award show when the team got announced. Oh, yeah. And the ovation of just, man, I was like, this is going to be cool. We got a sports team here in Vegas. Right. And then however many years later, it's like, man, they done won a championship. <laughs> that, six years. Yeah, six That's years. That's all it took. Six yeah. years. Six long years. We waited six long years, man. as the sign said. Yeah, that, that sound, don't that sound like a spoiled fan right there? Six <laughs> years, that's it? <laughs> Man, that's a good one. But, no, that's that's 
Excellent ones, Devon. I like that. Uh, we got a text from Jim and Yonkers, 69187, keyword R&R. When the Mets played the first sporting event in New York City after 9-11, I think Piazza hit a game-winning home run. Thank you for a great show, and this is why I listen to this show. There is no hidden agenda. You guys wear your hearts on your sleeves. God bless. Again, 9-11, perfect example. And, yeah, I remember Piazza hitting that, that home run. And, again, there's things that happen. And, and when I found out about – uh, Domingo Herman, you know, losing his uncle and what it meant. And you can hear, I don't speak Spanish. I don't, you know, and, and, you know, the guy's translating. And you can hear the emotion in the translator's voice when he's repeating back what Domingo's telling him and how much it meant. And all of a sudden I thought about as a big baseball fan and an A's fan, I went back to when Dallas Braden threw the perfect game for the A's on Mother's Day. And he dedicated it to his grandmother who had, you know, was battling with cancer. And it's like there's so much that goes on in people's hearts and they still go out there and they perform at a high level and you have no idea. And then, you know, sometimes they don't even know how they had. They call it like an out-of-body experience. Like, I don't even know how I got through that. Well, you do because you channel all your energy, all your hurt, all everything into what's going on. And that's what happened with Domingo Herman last night, why I think that was so special. He channeled that hurt from losing his uncle and went out there and pitched one hell of a game. He may never pitch a game like that again. And you know what? Does not Matter. Let's take one quick call, man. 702-365-9200. Who we got up, Devon? Hardcore Raider. Hardcore. Give me something. What's up? Welcome to the show. It's been a minute. Yeah, so I'm going to say uh, the true last game in Oakland, in my opinion, would have been uh, Christmas Eve 2018 against the Broncos. Uh, you know, I was there for that game. It was like a torrential downpour before the game and mm-hmm. uh, got a little bit of rain at the beginning of the game. But um, it was just pretty crazy how it all worked out because there was like a rainbow right above the uh, Al Davis torch. Uh, Raiders really brought it to the Broncos in that game. The energy in that stadium was electric um, after the game, you know, and we beat the Broncos. Yep. You know, I went I went and talked to some of the, like, locals there, Oakland fans, you know, uh, and a lot of them, like, I really just kind of felt their pain from the move, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I probably didn't understand it because, you know, I wasn't in the market uh, there at that time, but – you know, to see and hear kind of some of the locals there and how they felt and how much they gave to this team every Sunday and uh, to hear their pain and how much they love this team, it really put myself in check to understand uh, their perspective. But I'll tell you what, that night, I wouldn't trade that night for anything. That night meant so much to me and to really have a different perspective in that transition and a lot of the, uh, you know, heart that, uh, you know, people gave to this team. So, uh, I'll just leave it at that. And that was uh, – we had that big run back uh, right there at the beginning of the game. And, uh, man, that was just a game I'll never forget. So. That was the Dwayne Harris run back, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff, Hardcore. Appreciate it. Yeah, I remember that, man. Dwayne Harris, everyone's like, no, 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 don't pick it up. Yes, yes, yes. I remember seeing John Gruden running down the sideline, you know, and said, that's why I get smart guys. That's why I get veterans on the team because they're smart and, and know what they're supposed to be doing. And that was one of those, man. I remember watching that on TV like Hardcore's talking about. That was a hell of a game. I was watching it, and I remember that some of the family had left, and I forget why they left, but they had left the house that night. So I was basically watching it at the house by myself, which is fine. I'm okay with that and man when that play happened I was like oh it's going to be a great night it's going to be a great night for the silver and black after that happens so that's a good one hardcore thanks so much for that I definitely appreciate you and you can chime in just like hardcore or you can chime in just like Jim from Yonkers did on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword R&R and when we don't have a guest at 702-365-9200 it's not the only subject that we have we do have another subject coming up on the show as well but we'll get into that in just a little bit because coming up next Vinny Bonsignor will join us from the, from the Las Vegas Review Journal of course Radio Nation Radio 920's Morning Tailgate this is Radio Nation Radio 920 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. With the sounds of Cameo, that's when you know Vinny Bonsignor is joining the show, and he joins us now here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, Vinny, thanks so much. I do appreciate you. Before we get into some Raider talk, I wanted to ask, I know you're a big baseball fan and a sports fan in general, and I know that you saw what happened last night in Oakland with Domingo Herman uh, throwing the perfect game. And, you know, I didn't realize as I was on the radio live last night, I didn't realize that uh, he had a, a backstory going on behind the scenes that, you know, really I don't think anyone knew about except for his teammates and his family that he had lost his uncle and he pitched that game in honor of his uncle and it was a perfect game the fourth in Yankees history and 24th in Major League Baseball history so the topic I threw out today was has there been a moment for you where sports maybe a football game or whatever in general helped you get your mind away from something that was going on bad in your life yeah uh, there's no doubt about it um, actually and uh, um, back when the Lakers were um, making their repeat season, my brother died in a car accident. And my father, um, in, in between that as well, my brother died in a car accident in September of that year, and then my father died of uh, brain cancer like Ooh. four months later. It was, it was literally he died on the day that the Lakers came back, came roaring back mm-hmm. uh, to beat the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference Finals in Utah. And they came, down to, they came back from like 15, 16 points down in the third quarter and, and won it. Um, and that whole that whole year, uh, really, sports and working for the Lakers at the time um, really got me through a, just a terrible time uh, in my life. And, and in particular, you know, kind of like that day and then, uh, and then in, in the weeks, you know, following that where the Lakers won the championship for a little while at least, um, you know, was able to kind of get my mind off, you know, what was really a tragic situation in my life. Isn't it amazing, Vinny, how sports can do that, whether you're playing it, watching it, listening to it like radio or whatever, but sports is probably one of the biggest things that can get your mind away from whatever bad is going on in your life. Yeah, and, you know, to circle it back to the Raiders um, indirectly, just remember what happened with Brett Favre when his father passed away. Yep. Um, you know, going up to, I think it was Oakland on a Monday night, right, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Sure was. And had just, just – just an unbelievable game, and, and whether you're a Raider fan or not, I mean, or, or a Packer fan or just a football fan, even if you're a Raider fan, it, it, it's, that, if, if you're going to take a loss on a particular game, yeah. I imagine that would be the one acceptable loss as a Raider fan that you've ever had. Uh, understanding what the circumstances were with Brett Favre and his father. No, I agree 100%. And I remember I was so angry watching that game. It was the Monday Night Football. I was angry because obviously as a fan, I want the team to win. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? If they're going to take an L, this mm-hmm. is the type of performance that you want to see, knowing what it means to that man in Brett Favre. So, yeah, that's, that's a good one, Vinny. That's a really good one. And so we kind of just been taking people's thoughts on, on what moments they've had that's really sports has helped them and, and get through it. And, and I'm telling you, we could do a whole three-hour show just on that because there's so many of them. There was um, Isaiah Thomas, the, the University of Washington Isaiah Thomas, the yep. more recent Isaiah Thomas. I think his sister passed away. Yep. Um, and he had like this unbelievable. I, I, I don't want to say it was a playoff game because I don't want to, you know, misquote, mis, right. misidentify. But but it was a big game, and I it was it was just he just went off in a great game, and then you know kind of like broke down, obviously and rightfully so after the game. Um, so yeah, 
uh, we could we could probably we could go on and on uh, about those types of situations. Yeah, there's no doubt. And now that you mentioned, uh, you know, basketball, I think about Chris Paul when he was at Wake Forest and uh, losing what he loses grandfather, I believe. And it was high school. Was it high school? It was, it was high school, and he and uh, there was something to do with sixty. Well, I sixty-one was, points. Yeah, sixty-one. Yeah. Yep. Because that's how old his grandfather was at the time. There you right. go. Yep. And I so mean, he stopped. He stopped right there and didn't score anymore. Right, and I, I think there's a there's some kind of a uh, documentary or something coming out about that pretty soon. So uh, so keep an eye out of, out for that. I'll definitely do that. And again, man, we we could go on and on about this, and it's a hell of a subject. And and again, that was a hell of a performance that we saw last night at the Oakland Coliseum by the New York Yankees in throwing yeah. a perfect game for Domingo Herman. But Vinny Bonsignor joins us here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So I do want to get into some Raider talk with you. And Vinny, you know, we're less than a month away from the start of training camp, and basically had a whole show yesterday today about I don't know what to expect because I feel like there's so many questions how many questions do you have you know for this Raiders team as training camp gets closer and closer well the biggest question is the quarterback uh, because if the quarterback is is ready to go um, and can stay healthy and you know that's going to be a week-to-week thing almost when you think about with Jimmy G based on his history of, of staying healthy uh, because if he can stay healthy, and it's interesting, Q, and by the way, welcome back. Uh, I was living vicariously through all your beautiful photos with you and your son. <laughs> so it looked like an awesome uh, trip, so welcome back. But I don't know if, you're, if you've been uh, picking up on this, but I certainly have. Uh, I think more people are kind of coming around to the fact of, or at least the possibility, okay, so if, if Jimmy G does stay healthy, and I'm talking about national people, if Jimmy G does stay healthy, gosh, you know, you got a Devontae Adams and a Josh Jacobs who, you know, uh, almost assuredly should anyway be out there. And a Jacoby Myers and a Michael Mayer and a Hunter Renfro. There's no reason why the offense can't be good. And if, and if they just get a couple of guys to step forward defensively and some improvements, which I think inside the building they think they're going to get, why not nine wins? Why not? So, so it feels like people are taking a little bit of a different look uh, at the Raiders right now, but it's all predicated on the biggest question that you just asked, and that is Jimmy G staying healthy. I think it's first and foremost um, that. And I think if, if, that is, if that's answered in a positive way for the Raiders, I think um, a lot can follow that might be positive uh, as well. Vinny, I want to take it over to the defensive side of the ball. I know last week when we talked, you said that in your Sunday column you were going to be doing a you know a 53-man roster prediction, who's going to be on the team. But when it comes to that secondary, are there still any moves that you expect to happen between now and training camp? By the way, um, Amik was not on the 53. My 53, remember we talked about that. You said he was going to be safe. Time, but then when I sat down to do it, oh, man, I couldn't. And that was without Marcus Peters being in the picture. And I still think that... Um, you know, I, I, I would say that uh, if, I, if I were a betting man, I'd, I'd, I'd place a bet that Marcus will be part of the uh, Raiders, um, you know, maybe soon before training camp. Uh, they're going to make some sort of a decision here pretty soon on that. Uh, and if he is, that's even one less spot, you know, uh, in, in the secondary. So even without uh, Marcus Peters in the picture, Amik was not on the, uh, not on the team. And, and if we want to talk about the secondary in particular, um, it's 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 all on paper right now, but I feel like the Raiders have done a, a kind of a sneaky good job uh, on the secondary in creating you know some uh, some 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 competition and some depth to the point where um, a guy like Amik Robertson might be on the outside uh, looking in. A guy like Sam Webb, who I think the Raiders actually have some some hope for, might not be able to to make the team, and that's all predicated on okay, is Marcus Peters going to be there? What about David Long? Does he make the team? And he's a pretty good player himself that, you know, may or may not have a job at the, at the end of the day. Ja'Cory and Bennett, 
Um, you know, uh, uh, Duke Shelley, I, th- I expect those guys to make the team, but, but when you say that they're going to make the team, it's going to come at somebody's uh, expense, and could that be Amik Robertson? Could that be Sam Webb? Uh, could it be David Long? So I, I really feel like in the secondary there's more competition than I think some fans um, m- m- uh, may imagine right now. Yeah, you, you mentioned how when you sat down to actually do it, you said, hey, maybe Amik doesn't make the 53-man right. roster. Were there any other surprises that when you actually had to you know, count up the 53 that you were like, man, I, I didn't expect me to not pick this guy to even be on the team. Yeah, Malcolm Kuntz uh, didn't make uh, the, the the final cut, and you know that's a, a third round pick that the Raiders had some some hopes for uh, over the years. I think that defensive line is is definitely worth uh, watching. I I look at the offensive line, and you know uh, if we're being if we're being honest, a guy like Alex Bars can can go everywhere from being a starter to being a reserve to maybe getting beaten out of a job. Um, if, if, you know, like the, an undrafted free agent, uh, you know, uh, or a couple of undrafted free agents show that they could get the job done, um, or some of the additions that they've made, uh, or maybe Thayer Munford takes, you know, Jermaine Illuminar's job, and, and Illuminar, you want to keep him in the lineup, you move him to right guard, and what does that mean for an Alex Bars, who I think is, is vulnerable in terms of losing, the, losing his, his, uh, his starting job, and maybe even his spot, you know, on, on the roster. Uh, you look at um, you know uh, uh, the, the center position, and I think Andre James, I think I think has solidified his job. But what if they want to move Dylan Parham uh, over to center? What does that you know uh, mean, mean mean for him? So there's a lot of I think moving pieces. I think I think the Raiders are going to go into the into training camp with that offensive line open to really having anything happen, and they're gonna they're gonna uh, allow a, a bunch of people uh, to have a say in in deciding what that offensive line is ultimately going to look like. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor for the Las Vegas Review-Journal and also Morning Tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920 here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. And, and Vinny, it's funny that we talk about the competition at training camp because I feel like every year it's like, man, this is going to be a competitive camp, this is going to be a competitive camp. But to me, this year it feels like it legitimately is a lot of spots that could be open for grabs, and especially the way you're breaking it down. There could be a lot of moving parts, and this whatever six-week of camp or however long it is could be very, very competitive. Yeah, and and like when we're talking about the offensive line, let's let's be honest. You know, last year they go into camp with John Simpson and and Lester Cotton as the starting guards, and and Alex Leatherwood, uh, I think, was earmarked to be the potential starter uh, at, at right tackle. Um, and both, all three of those guys ended up not only losing their their starting jobs, but they weren't even on the roster by the time the season was over, and shortly into the season, uh, for that matter. Whereas I think this year, I think guys could be vulnerable to losing their job. Although I think those same guys are guys that the Raiders are comfortable with being the starter. So if they do lose their job, it's because somebody behind them was just flat out better. So I think you're going to be if if anyone gets replaced in the starting uh, lineup, let's say the offensive line. It's not going to be, um, well, got to shrug your shoulders and he's the best option right now out of a, out of a weak group. It's, it's, the, it's the opposite of that. It's somebody's going to go take somebody's job that's already pretty good, that's already put in a, started a bunch of games last year on an offensive line that was ranked 10th at the end of the year by Pro Football Focus that went into the season ranked 31st, I think it was. So um, you, when we talk about competition and jobs being potentially being open, uh, I feel like in, in, in some of those cases, I think the secondary is a little bit different. We'll see how that all shakes out. In some of those cases, it's quality football players that might not be good enough uh, to hold on to their jobs because there's just somebody better uh, behind them. Staying with competition, the receiver room, I think that that's going to be the position group that has the most competition. Who do you think just get, misses the cut just by a little bit? 
Yeah, uh, and a lot of this is kind of predicated on uh, what happens ultimately uh, with, with with Hunter Renfro. Um, I think the only way he's not on the roster is if he gets traded. And right now, um, I feel like that might be a little bit of a long shot just based on where his contract is and the money that somebody would be taking on, not just for this year, but then he's got an $11 million number. It's, ungar- it's unguaranteed, but he's still on the books for $11 million next year. So somebody's going to have to be willing to give up something of value plus take on a contract. Now, saying that, we all know that things can change in free agency, or excuse me, in, in, in training cap. One guy goes down and it changes the whole thing. Like if, if there's a, you know, a, a team that loses a good slot wide receiver uh, at some point during, during training camp, I think they're going to look right to the Raiders and say, okay, what, could we, what do we have to get to, to bring in a, a Hunter Renfro? So I think it's a pretty good little trade chip for the Raiders if certain things happen uh, to some other teams uh, around the league. But it's also an asset for you because if worse comes to worse, he just plays this year. And why wouldn't you want a Hunter Renfro on your team? But if he is here, then that means that a guy like DJ Turner might be vulnerable. Sims, uh, who they brought in from, the, from, from Washington, could be, could be vulnerable. They don't historically keep a lot of wide receivers. So I do think that there's going to be some quality wide receivers uh, that are not going to make this team. Again, Vinny Bonsignore is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I just got a couple more questions for you, and I want to stick with the wide receivers. What do you think a Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers one-two punch looks like? Last season, the number two wide receiver was a de facto Matt Collins because Waller ended up going down, Renfro ended up going down, and Matt Collins basically became the number two wide receiver. Jacoby Myers is a guy that's used to being number one in New England. Now he's number two. What does this one-two punch look like to you? That's such a great question because we don't know if that two is going to be sort of divided between two other players. You know what I'm saying? Like like half of Jacoby Myers, half of Hunter Renfro. Gotcha. But if we're going to assume that he's the verifiable play-in and play-out number two wide receiver, uh, and, and in this case Jacoby Myers, um, 70 catches? Right. You know? I think, yeah. I think 70, 75 catches – uh, but but this also goes to there's a lot of weapons on this team and you, you, let's just go ahead and assume that that Devonte is going to get 105 110 catches uh, after that and if Jacoby is, is in that 65 to 70 range and you got to throw in Michael Mayer in there I think he's going to get yeah. uh, 45 50 catches uh, this year I think an ideal Hunter Renfro is probably the Hunter Renfro from 2020, not necessarily 2021. 2021, I felt like his numbers were a little bit bloated because you lose Darren Waller um, you know, at, it, on Thanksgiving. You lost already Henry, uh, uh, Henry Ruggs at some point. Yep. So he did become the go-to guy, but is that his ideal role? Probably not. But in a subsidiary role, 45 catches for, for Hunter Renfro could look pretty good, too. So, But if you're like asking about those two wide receivers in particular, I think 170 catches or so, 175 catches between the two of them. I think that they have an uh, opportunity to be a really good one-two punch yeah. in the NFL. I really do. I think that they could really be special, and especially since Jacoby Myers really knows Josh McDaniel's system. I think he's going to have a leg up on everybody else as that number two wide receiver. Well, final question for you. Just kind of wanted to get an update if you've heard anything on Tyree Wilson and how his uh, you know, recovery from that foot surgery is. Do you think he's going to be ready for the start of, of camp? Yeah, um, you know nothing. Uh, they're, okay. they're, you know, and this is this is a time of year where everybody's um, you know kind of kind of buckled down. Yep. Everyone has gone their own ways in, in some ways. Um, I, you know, I, I would hope Tyree is, is spending a lot of time at the facility doing whatever he needs to do to to, to get healthy um, or wherever it is that he is. 
the, the expectation was that, was that he was always going to be ready um, at some point in training camp. Um, I think for Raider Nation, obviously you hope that it's day one when the rookies report on, on June 20th, or excuse me, July 20th, or yep. very soon after. Um, but that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a big part of this operation, and the Raiders need uh, to get him on the field as, as early as possible. But they're certainly not going to push it. And so if it, if it extends a week or so into training camp, um, that's just how it's going to have to be. I have not heard anything along those lines yet, but we're going we're gonna to find out here in about three or four weeks. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out sooner rather than later. That is for sure. Well, Vinny, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, uh, I'm doing uh, a little story on uh, some of the kicking uh, you know, rule changes and how that affects Daniel Carlson. And, and do you still try to kick it into, the, uh, you know, into that one-yard line area and just sort of dare uh, returners to, to try to take it out? Because here's the thing, you know, you're probably dealing with not egos, but you got some guys that their job is to return kicks. Are they just going to be there and be content with waving their hand? Uh, to get into the 25, or are they in their head and other teams going to say, no, we're going to take you up on that challenge, and we're going to get it to the 30. Um, right. So how many times are they going to – and that obviously what other teams are doing is probably going to dictate what the Raiders do, but do you still kind of try to do that just to see what the reaction is going to be? So we're, that's what we're working on. Nice. Well, I'll definitely be checking that out. Well, Vinny, thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate you. Great stuff as always. Uh, I'll be listening in tomorrow morning on the Morning Tailgate. All right, you guys. Have a great show. All right, will do. Thanks a lot. There he goes, Vinny Bonsignor. Good stuff from him. Of course, you can check him out 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown on the morning tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920. 2.48 to time. We'll take a quick break. Come back, close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Here we go. It ain't even right that I... Say anything, except for let this beat ride on out. Where my L.A. folks at? My Cali folks. West Side. That DJ quick. One time. Tonight is the night. Yo, let's go. Oh, man, this is definitely instrumental. Hey. I did like this instrumental always back in the day. No, I loved this instrumental back in the day. DeMond's like, what the hell are you doing? You're like freestyling. No, I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't didn't have the lyric. No, no, no. (laughs) I always loved this instrumental or or the ramp up to the actual song because it was so long. I could get a good like 20 second phone call in ramped up to the show or to the to the song. As soon as it'd be like, it's Q97. Yo, a day in the light of a play. You know what I mean? Like it would hit just like that. It was perfect. That's fantastic. I love it. Anyway, all right, let's get back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I'm about to go start me another hip-hop radio station or something, like start another job on the side so I can uh, get my old-school hip-hop fix when I need it. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, 702-365-9200. Um, speaking of Cali, how about Lois Cali Raider? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's going on, Q? Oh, I'm chilling. Hey, I just want to share a story, man, about, I mean, this kind of relates to what you're talking about, but... Um, a couple weeks ago, I shared a story about my dad and, the, and being a Raider fan for him. So growing up, um, my dad couldn't really afford to take me to Raider games. So when I got my first job right there working at Subway, the first thing I did was buy some Raider tickets. And I'm not, so I ended up taking my dad to his first Raider game nice. there in Oakland. Yeah, and you know, that was just a, an unforgettable experience, you know, just to take, take my dad to his first Raider game. And it was, it was just something I just wanted to share out there. Yeah, no, that's awesome, and that's that's that, and that's what it. I mean, that was a bonding situation, you know, that was a bonding moment for you and your fa- your dad, and 
and he introduced you to the Raiders, and then you rewarded him by being able to take him to the game. And again, and if you're just tuning in here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920, besides being a little silly and enjoying some DJ Quick sounds, we've been talking about uh, Domingo Herman and the fact that he threw that perfect game last night, Yankees versus the A's. And, you know, I've, I knew that it was historic when it was just a perfect game. I didn't know the backstory until after he talked, and he said that his uncle had just passed away, and he had cried all day long, and he was crying in the clubhouse, and they went out there and pitched 20 27 batters up, 27 batters down, perfect game, fourth in Yankee history, 24th in baseball history. So I just realized how much that game meant to him and him being able to get that ball and go out there on the mound and do what he does best uh, was able to do for him as he was going through the process of dealing with the loss of his, his uncle. So that's how we're bringing up this subject. What has sports done for you? Has there been a moment where a game, uh, maybe it was a Raider game, maybe it was sports in general, maybe you played in it like Domingo Herman did last night, obviously not on the professional level, but just a game in general. Or hell, like we do sports radio every day. This show does that for me a lot. That's the question I'm throwing out there to you at 702-365-9200. Who we got up next, Damon? Houston and L.A. Houston and L.A. Give me something good, brother. What's on your mind? Hey, man, that DJ Quick brought me out, baby. Where's <laughs> <laughs> to? The great one with the burgundy trans, right? It's me and Pimmy Pollard. Because I'm nice and slim. I know that's right. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Q, man. Check this out, bro. I'm driving to Vegas tomorrow, man. I'm going to be out there, and I don't know if you're going to be at the Sahara Pool spot, but I am. <laughs> I know that's right. I might have to come by anyway just to say what's up. Hey, uh, for sure, for sure. Hey, hey, uh, you, are you advertising uh, 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 over there at the hours on Fridays tomorrow or on, not? On Fridays we're there, but I'm not sure if it's tomorrow. I think we're there next week. I have to check the schedule again. You know I'll be moving and shaking so much, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 shaking and moving, baby boy, of course, man. Now, Q, on the on to the question. What's the question, Q? I kind of heard it, but I didn't, man. Uh, just if there's been a moment in sports, like a game, maybe a Raider game, maybe just sports in general that kind of took you away from a moment that you were having in your life that wasn't good, something that you were, you know, that you were struggling with, but that sport moment, that sporting moment took you away from it, got your mind away from it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's a good one, man. But um, I guess, you know, like um, I to keep it current, you you know, that, that, that uh, you know, regardless of what people think about it, but the nine one one thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, yep. you know, when when the when the planes crashed and the yeah. buildings and everything came down, it was like, you know, sports just took a pause for a second, but then at the same time, coming back, you know, people were uh, uh, having having you know, let's get this thing back going right type mm. of vibes, you know, like yep. like like the vibes people you know should have uh, all day, every day, you Man. know, without it, but. I'm glad that that something like that, you know, kind of happened to put, put people together, you know, and, and, and make things a little bit more positive for them, too, you know? Yeah, hey, great great stuff. And, yeah, that's the thing. And I brought up 9-11 earlier, and that's the one that stands out to me, like, major that I think everyone can relate to because it did. It brought the whole country together, and it made everyone – it didn't matter what they looked like, what they sounded like, where they came from, how much money they made, what their political beliefs were, what their religion was. It didn't matter, right? What mattered is that we all came together and we all, you know, realized that everyone has been affected by this. And, of course, none of us wanted something like that to happen. But, you know, the, the, the bonding that happened after was fantastic. And, you know, going back to – and, Damon, I know you didn't do this on purpose, but going back to that DJ Quick re- rejoiner, that sound to me is a party, 
That sound to me is a vibe. That sound to me is everyone coming together and just, hey, we're having a good time. Like, like Houston and L.A. said, that sound brought him out. He picked up the phone to call in because he heard that, right? It's, it's, that's how he came together. That's how we just came together on that moment, right? And, and that's, what, that's what sports does for you sometimes is where everyone can come together. That's why I'm a Raider fan to begin with. I'd go to the Coliseum, and it didn't matter if I was from Pleasanton, California, if I was from Oakland, California, if I was from L.A., if I was from wherever the case may be, wherever you can, you can lay your head. It didn't matter where you were from, what you looked like, and how much you made. You had 65,000 allies in that Oakland Coliseum. We were all brothers, right? All brothers and sisters. We were all one big-ass family in the Coliseum, and that's what always made me want to keep rocking with the silver and black because, again, Color, nothing mattered. Only thing that mattered, only colors that mattered were on the field, and they were silver and they were black. And it's that simple. 259 is the time we'll come back. Hour number two is up next. It's Ray Nash Radio 920. National League Baseball Action Sunday at 3 is the San Francisco Giants are in the Big Apple to take on the New York Mets on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 FM.